So, Adam and Kevin, uh, we are back together. And um, one of the things that I noticed uh, with Ovechkin missing uh, the All-Star game and then getting another game off for his trouble is uh, I really wish, like, when I went to work, I had that same kind of ability to just go, like, well, you know what? Look, I really don't want to go to work this weekend. And then my work just goes, well, yeah, okay. We'll give you another get another day off. And we're going to just not, and we're going to pay you throughout the whole process. So, you know, I think it's, uh, it's not a bad deal. Uh, would you guys get that? Uh, if you guys were given that opportunity, would you take the same with your work? Uh, I mean, I, I certainly would. I mean, I don't know about you, Kevin. I mean, maybe you're just really dedicated. I always take time off when it's available to me. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's the yeah. kind of work ethic that our site inspires, correct? <laughs> well, I don't want to. I don't want to say that on the record. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, with that, uh, let's get the show started, shall we? Welcome back to Jay Prison Week Radio. I'm your host, Greg Young, and uh, happy to be joined. So it's been a few uh, few weeks since we've uh, reconvened. So uh, Adam and I figured that, uh, you know, we should uh, bring back Kevin uh, Klein on from Japers Rink. So uh, Kevin, uh, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Nice way to, to start the new year with a, uh, a wildly improbable victory and, and then an appearance on Japers Rink Radio. So glad to be here in, in high spirits. Happy New Year to, to all our listeners. Yeah, no, Happy New Year. I think, um, I, I don't know, I mean, Adam and Kevin, was that one of the crazier, like, last minutes of Capitals hockey you've seen in recent memory? Yeah, I, I, I think it's the craziest hockey the NHL has seen in 15 years. Wow. There you go. Yeah, well, because well, that, that's the last, the most recent time that a team has come back from a two-goal deficit within a minute, right? Right, I think it was 14 years ago. Wow. Kind of, kind of brings back the old uh, cardiac caps, you know what I mean? The uh, I was listening to one of those like uh, reminiscing of the decade, and uh, you know it was kind of talking about how the caps used to have these teams where you know they would give up four goals and score six, you know, and have those kind of wild comebacks. So uh, you know, and it, it, I feel like for those teams, it kind of seemed like yeah, you know, like they would take a couple of you know maybe an hour or so off of the game and then kind of wake up when they needed to so you know it's uh, interesting to see that kind of re kind of reappear a little bit you know yeah i i would question how we we talk about this platonic ideal of like a solid 60 minutes and certainly as a caps fan for all the excellent years that we've had over this decade that has seemed elusive and it causes me to question how commonplace that really is, even for even for great teams, uh, to have three periods consecutively where um, all the periods are one. I guess is how you would define that comparative to to the opponent, and I would guess that that is rarer than than we as fans probably would like to think. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like whenever I talk to uh, you know B writers and everything like that, they always kind of reiterate like. 
players are human. You know what I mean? And like, you know, you're not going to be a hundred percent at all times during every day. Right. That's just not the way like any human ever is programmed. So, you know, like it's kind of like, okay, you know, you hope that you're, you're on more than you're off. Right. You know, uh, I don't know. Adam kind of, do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, we've talked a lot of it in the past about kind of how consistency is so hard to get to. I mean, this NHL season's long, and um, even the games can be long sometimes. They drag, and so, you know, sometimes we try to dig into it and say, okay, well, maybe this team does do better in the second period because of the long change, or, you know, we, we try to rationalize these things. But, um, you know, it, it, it's just, there's just going to be variance over the course of these games and, and over the course of the seasons. I mean, teams go through stretches, and um, you know, sometimes it's easy to point out, maybe they are really doing something differently. And sometimes it's just uh, kind of luck of the draw, but, uh, you're definitely right, Greg, that it is, it is hard to have consistency in the national hockey league. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So it, like, like I said earlier, we've kind of, it's been a, been a bit since we've reconvened. So, uh, as we talk right now, the capitals are in first place in all of hockey, uh, by a few points, actually, uh, ahead of uh, Boston and St. Louis. So, um, you know, with that backdrop, um, I don't know, Kevin, kind of what have you been your thoughts lately on kind of how the Caps have played? I know we kind of talk about like a little bit of inconsistency sometimes. Do we think that, you know, this is a good team that's maybe a little bored? Do we think they have some problems? You know, what are your kind of your thoughts lately? Uh, I, I think that they're a great team that's hit a little bit of an ebb. I'll call it the mid-season doldrums. The reality is on and by all means, or not by all means, but uh, in in all likelihood, an unsustainable point pace and win pace. Uh, so to see them start dropping a game here or there, uh, losing to teams that you would like them to defeat, uh, it doesn't come as too much of a surprise to me. And uh, what their longest winning losing streak on the year is still uh, a whopping two games, yes. right? So. <laughs> Uh, it's it's difficult to get too upset at that. I think you can kind of look at some areas of the team and say maybe this is a yellow flag at the most. Um, but overall, they're finding a way to win. Um, their possession numbers look look reasonably good. Their you know their expected goal share looks reasonably good. Uh, definitely in a spot where you know that a team with the Caps level of, of shooting talent um, is probably going to win out most of the time, which yeah. is what you're looking for. Um, the piece that they don't necessarily seem to have that they have historically had is uh, is great goaltending from Braden Holpe, uh, you know, which is a whole nother can of worms. Uh, but overall, I'm, I'm super happy with the team. I think that I would like to see see some more from the third line in particular i think we're approaching uh, a point where maybe we see a mix-up in the top six honestly i think one of the things that this team can do um to maximize their lineup is to find ways to get jacob brana more ice time yep whether that's getting some time on the top line whether it's moving him up to the pp1 unit um he's their most electric forward right now and uh and and there's there's headroom for his ice time. Uh, what do you think, Adam? You know, I, I always like to see those guys get more ice time. I mean, Braun is kind of coming out of a stretch here where his play's been a little bit. Um, you know, he, he scored two big goals against San Jose, but before that, I believe he was on a bit of a goal scoring uh, drought. So it's nice to see him get uh, get going again, um, especially as kind of Ovechkin. I feel like he hasn't quite looked the same. Um, 
just just recently, maybe around the last 10 games or so, just hasn't quite looked as electric as he did early in the season. Um, and again, talk about you, you talked earlier about kind of an unsustainable point page for the team, but it kind of felt like Ovechkin's um, scoring was really, really hot to start the year. I mean, he's still close to a 50-goal pace, if I'm recalling correctly, but um, he's definitely cooled off a little bit um, of late. And Verona had as well until, uh, again, uh, Sunday's game against the, the Sharks. So, um, But, you know, Kevin, you got me all primed up to talk Holtby. So, Greg, I don't know if you want to hit off yeah. that conversation. No, I mean, I think I think I was that was going to be where I was going next. I mean, I think the – in general, you know, I would say I think the Caps have been fine, right? Like, I don't think they've been lighting the world afire like they did maybe on that, like, long West Coast road trip, you know. But I think also they're a veteran team, and they know that these games right now – you know, you get through them, you don't get hurt, you know, you get the points where you can, you know, maybe you have a miraculous comeback like you do against San Jose or whatever, but, you know, you, you I think you hope that, you know, you're in a pretty good pos- playoff position at this point in the year, and it seems like they are, so, you know, I think the kind of big open question mark is the uh, goaltending, so, uh, I don't know, Kevin, you wrote about this recently, uh, can you kind of describe what you wrote about and uh, kind of give us kind of the backstop of, uh, you know, where you think the Caps goaltending is at this point? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that there are sort of two angles. There's the short term, which is um, which goalie is going to be in the net come playoff times. And there's the long term, which is that Holpe is in a contract year. Um, He's going to be a target in free agency. And should the Caps resign him? just as as uh, somebody who's been a part of the best decade of hockey that this team has ever seen, and of course the Stanley Cup run, to me the, the answer to that is a resounding no. Uh, with the Caps cap situation, with the trajectory of Colby's career, which shows a declining save percentage, really going back 150 games or so, um, his general age, he's, he'll be turning 31 next year, which gen generally corresponds with uh, a downward trend for goalkeepers. Uh, all of the and, and then, of course, Ilya Samsonov uh, emerging this year, and he's got a lot of draft capital, and, he, and he's, the early returns on his, on his talent and ability to play in the NHL are, are really positive. So it's pretty difficult to justify what would be a big contract, uh, a contract that meets the market demand for a guy like Holtby this, this offseason. Um, so, so for me, that's not even a particularly interesting question I think the front office probably understands that too. However, um, which goaltender gives the Caps a better chance to win in the playoffs does become an interesting question. Uh, For one, I know right now it can seem like Samsonov is the obvious answer there just because his numbers head-to-head versus Holpe are are so much better right now. Um, But that comes under two very different types of workload. Uh, Samsonov, I, I believe, is now at 15 appearances maybe 14 starts on the year Hopi is around 30 and uh, Hopi is more or less playing at one of the worst uh, stretches of, of quality in his career and historically he's more or less always bounced back from this even even with a general downward trend um, in his career like the the smaller trend the five game, the 15, the 20 game indicate that when he has a stretch of play this poor at, for this long, uh, he'll bounce back. And so the question is, will Samsonov, who doesn't 
hasn't shown us that he can perform like this, um, you know, in more than spot starts versus Holpe, who has, I want to say he's got like four or five times as many playoff starts with a 928 save percentage, all situations versus Sam Sonon's 14 games, 15 games with a 925 save percentage. Um, like there's a, there's a pretty tremendous body of work there uh, that you could argue pretty strongly on that, that Braden Holpe is going to bounce back, have a stronger second half of the season. Um, and, and then his experience in the playoffs and the rigor of that schedule is going to make him a more surefire option. If I had to place a bet on what's going to happen, I would say that Braden Holpe would enter the playoffs as the starter and have a much shorter leash than what we're used to seeing. Um, Probably a leaf similar to what we saw from Grubauer in the in the cup year, but yeah. the circumstances around that are obviously a lot different. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's I think that's so, interesting. I think that the idea of Holtby with a short leash is kind of intriguing because I mean I think that you know we talked about you know, what happened with Grubauer, you know, and getting two games where he didn't look great. You know, I think it's fair to say like he definitely let that that's uh, second game. The OT winner he gave up against Columbus in particular was one that's kind of seared into my brain as a particularly not great goal to give up. But, you know, it's, I, you know, I, you know, I, I wonder kind of what that looks like, you know, and is it like, you know, if he has two bad games, is he off? You know, if it's, you know, you wonder like if they need to jump maybe, you know, after a mediocre first period, is that something that they would even look at? You know, and I mean, obviously Holpe being a veteran and Samsonov being a rookie, you know, kind of uh, plays into that dynamic a little bit. I don't know, Adam, what are your kind of thoughts in general about the Holpe-Samsonov kind of dynamic, particularly as it goes to the playoffs? You know, it's really interesting running the playoffs. Um, you know, you guys both kind of hinted at it. I, I just keep thinking back to kind of how Grubauer had to kind of keep the Capitals afloat during the regular season on the way to the to the Cup run. And obviously, the Capitals have kind of built up enough of a cushion so far this year that uh, for them to miss the playoffs would take a, a really a, a catastrophic collapse. So it, it's not going to be quite the same as it was in that year. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if we kind of see Samsonov kind of take over the net. Um, heading into the playoffs and then seeing the hook back to Holpe um, kind of early uh, if he struggles, similar to what we saw before. Um, you know, if there's one thing about hockey coaches, or, or, or you know, we're all creatures of habit, right? So uh, if it worked before, I wouldn't be totally shocked if they try it again. I mean, how often do we hear them talk about, well, this goalie's record is, is this in this building, and that's their kind of reason for playing him that night, so. Um, I wouldn't be shocked to see something similar, but really, I, I just overall agree with again everything Kevin laid out in his piece and again kind of uh, verbalized here, and that's just um, that that the Capitals have to eventually move on from Holpe here. And um, when we listen to kind of Ted Leone's talk about kind of rewarding these guys for veteran contracts or bringing them back, right? He talked about how Ovechkin and Backstrom are going to have jobs with the Capitals for as long as they want them, whether it's as a player or something else, right? It's kind of how, how he makes it sound when talking about those two guys. And I don't think you really hear him talk the same way about Holpe. Not that he doesn't value all of his contributions, but, um, you know, he, he, he's not quite in the, the same tier as those two guys. So I don't, I don't see the Capitals kind of making that same hometown overpay uh, for Holpe as, as, as they'd probably be willing to do for Ovechkin and Backstrom. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think not only that, I think that it, 
I think, you know, you can see with the Capitals cap situation how they could make a Backstrom and Ovechkin kind of extensions work. I just don't see that same thing with Holpe, right? You know, I think that if you need to probably only pay two of the three of them, right? And I think that, you know, I mean, obviously Ovechkin needs to be a Capital for as long as he wants to be. You know, there's historic kind of significance in that. And I think Backstrom too. I mean, both of them, I think you're talking about, you know, Ovechkin for sure and Backstrom probably, you know, you're talking about Hall of Fame players, you know, and I think the Capitals kind of value that kind of organizational stability. So I would be surprised beyond belief if either one of those two left and so you know if you assume that those two stay you know then you're kind of wondering well how did where does that money from Holpe really come from you know particularly given you know you think he's probably due on a six million dollar you know I think he's what making five nine or something like that you know I think he's probably due for a raise on that so you know I don't know Kevin I, I think we we talked about this last summer too I think the cap situation here kind of plays into account a little bit with it you know oh yeah yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, if you can go away from a guy who's making five, six million to a guy who is on an entry level contract and you can get improved play and then invest that money elsewhere in your roster. I mean, that's it's a, it's a no brainer. Yeah, no, agreed, agreed, agreed. And what uh, are those players that I would think the Capitals might um invest that extra money in as an extension for Jakob Vrana, who I think we, we talked off air a little bit. You know, I think he's, you know, I wrote about him a few weeks ago saying he might be taking the step into being a, you know, elite player. And promptly after that, you know, he struggled <laughs> for eight or nine games. You know, it's uh, the way these kind of things work, of course. He uh, scored a couple last night, though, and uh, seems in general the last couple of games to maybe stabilize a little bit. So, uh, I don't know, Adam, you're, uh, I think I think you're with me on the Vrana train. Kind of, are, are you enjoying kind of watching him? And would you put him, you know, maybe as due for an extension if the Capitals can afford it this offseason? Uh, you know, Verona is a guy that I'd have to look at his contract for. For some reason, I felt like they just had to do one with him. Well, but, it's uh, uh, two years at three point five or something like something like that. So I would think oh, a contract so just, extension uh, would kind of go on the other side of that. Yeah, go early now. You know, get ahead of it. Assuming, yeah, if you think he's going to have another big year next year, right? Like, then you can go ahead and do it. Um, you know, he, he's a guy that I thought he was going to be around thirty goals this year looks like that's where he's going to be again. That is where he's going to end up. He's He's been great. I mean, Kevin talked about it earlier. He is the most exciting player on the Capitals roster to watch right now. I mean, and that's saying a lot when you still got Ovechkin and Kuznetsov. And, um, you know, those those guys are each capable of their own highlights. But um, Rana just, he's got the, the, the speed and, and the hands to kind of, he, he's a complete offensive package. And that that's, Really, it, it, it's something to watch, and it, it's been a pleasure to kind of watch him develop and um, can continue on that kind of linear upward trajectory that he's had recently. Yeah. Man, that, that one stumbled out of the mouth a little bit there, but <laughs> I, think, I think you know what I'm saying. You, you got there in the end. You got there in the end. Um, okay, so we've talked about the goaltending, and we kind of ripped the Band-Aid off that. Um, I guess the other thing we kind of got to rip the Band-Aid off is uh, the Capitals uh, – I, you know, I, I, we talked about, like, you know, that they're playing pretty well right now, and uh, we're, I think, coming up kind of on the outskirts of trade deadline talk. Um, you know, so I, kind of looking at the roster right now, Kevin, kind of, what, what are you seeing the Capitals might need? And, you know, we talk about them also being a capped-out team in a lot of ways, so... 
you know, would they, how would they be able to kind of make that work? You know, would there be something kind of a deadline piece that you think they might be able to use and kind of, how do you see that fitting in? Yeah, it's really tough. And uh, this is where I just hope that BM can pull off the wizardry where that that he has historically. Um, If I, if I had to bet, I would say that they go into the, playoffs with the roster that they have now uh, i think he constructed his postseason ro- roster in the offseason and, and during the trade deadline last year um the the spots of weakness that i see are um stop me if you've heard this one before but uh but a top four defenseman really like a, a fourth defenseman i feel like Gudis and Jensen have both been in a position to win that job outright and then haven't really been able to do it. Um, neither one of their performances has been particularly remarkable. Um, and, and really it's just one of them's got to step up and, and uh, put down a performance that clearly sets them apart and, and, and win that role. Um, and then the other piece is uh, a winger. Um, I, they're not getting out of Richard Ponick what they thought they would get i'm sure i want to say he's the last forward on the team in in points i believe that he's being outscored at even strength by nick dowd by garnet hathaway um by travis boyd and and these are all guys are getting less ice time than him and uh while Panic did miss some time, I think, at this point with the ice time discrepancies. You know, the opportunity has been pretty comparable between them all. And Panic has put up a few points as of late. Um, I think he got his first and second assist on the year. Maybe maybe he still only has one. Um, but the point stands is that when you go out with a guy like that, um, I want to say that he's always been in the like 35 to 40 point range in his career. And then you're, you're sitting in a game... 42 43 and he's only got seven points i mean that's a that's a pretty tremendous disappointment and i know all of his possession numbers and stuff like that don't look too bad and there's the old logic that uh that analytics guys like to fall back on where you know keep it keep doing what you're doing keep being in the right places uh, and it'll come but i've been sort of entertaining the notion that he might not be a system fit maybe uh maybe it's just you know no chemistry uh, type thing where somebody else in that role is going to produce more. Ponick's a guy where if you move him out to somewhere else and change of scenery works is sort of the move, the the, the selling point. You open up a little bit of salary for yourself. Um, but, but it's a tough pill to swallow when all of your fourth line guys are out producing a guy on the third line, right? Yeah. Uh, halfway through the season. And so that's a place where I, I look um, as, a, as a point of frustration and a, and a small gripe on on a team where it, it's difficult to have many of them. I don't know, Adam. Any any thoughts about something the Capitals could get at the deadline? Mm, not not too many. I mean, it, to me, it's it's really maybe another bottom six forward, um, or you know the same move that they've made the last few years, which, as you know, Kevin already alluded to, is just another. Another guy uh, on the defense that, that maybe can fill in, and um, or, or maybe someone who is good enough to really claim that role. I mean, I'd say the Capitals really uh, nailed it with Kempney, and then um, you know Jensen's been pretty meh so far. So, yeah. um, you know, it's 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 certainly 
might be another interesting trade deadline, but the Caps don't have a lot of room to go. I mean, I, <laughs> Kevin, it's like I'm just repeating everything you're saying because, I mean, I, it's hard to imagine them being able to really make a lot of moves heading into the uh, to the trade deadline, but I, I've thought that before, and then they've, they've ended up doing a lot. So uh, it, it's definitely one, uh, a trade deadline that I don't feel like I've got a great handle on what the Capitals will do. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that makes sense. You know, I think the... Uh... Kind of other thing I think I would look at maybe is I know that we've talked about the top four. You know, I, I also I, I think they might be due for maybe I know the Capitals seemingly have a couple of depth defensemen. I wonder if, you know, maybe they bolster that a little bit, you know, see someone, you know, maybe that has upside, you know, to play in the top four, but maybe isn't going to naturally fit there. I, there's not a name super coming to mind there right now, but, you know, I, you wonder if maybe there's a kind of player a team is maybe undervaluing or something like that, you know, that, uh, you know, might be, might be someone they look at, you know, but, uh, we say that, you know, and then, uh, we, it always seems to be like, uh, I think like Adam and Kevin said, you know, the kind of depth pickup that, you know, we never really think is coming that ends up being really important. So, uh, you know, CC Michael Kempney. Um, so, uh, with that, we're going to take a quick break here. And, uh, on the other side of that, we're going to talk about, uh, everyone's favorite podcast topic, the all-star game. So, uh, stay tuned. Welcome back to Japers Rink Radio. Still joined here by Adam and Kevin. And, uh, we're going to talk about everyone's favorite topic, which is uh, the All-Star Game. So uh, the Capitals um, got two, well, so they had originally it was going to be four representatives. And then Alex Ovechkin said, uh, no, nah, I'm good, thanks. And uh, is going to take the All-Star Game and the extra game off. And I think is basically going to get a week and a half of rest, which is something that, frankly, he could use. Um, the other two Capitals player representatives are John Carlson and Braden Holtby. Um, and the head coach for the squad itself is going to be Todd Reardon, who I would imagine will have the very simple job of just rotating out players and seemingly not really caring about the results because it's the all-star game. So um, two questions here. Um, first off, Adam, I know that you're not always the hugest fan of uh, Alex Ovechkin skipping the all-star game. So kind of outline your rationale for why the uh, – Greatest player in uh, the greatest pure goal scorer in the history of the NHL uh, doesn't deserve a week and a half off. Well, when you put it like that, I mean, like, <laughs> Greg, it's like when they when they tell you about like biased poll questions. It's like kind of <laughs> what you just did. But no. I, I'm, I'm slanting it just a little. See, I'm the host now, so I get to I get to slant things yeah. however I see appropriate. So uh, yeah, there you I, go. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 oh, never mind. I'll, 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 I'll withdraw from that comment. But we, um, you know. One of my one of my actually like fondest hockey memories is probably going back to the 2008 NHL All Star Game in Atlanta, and um, kind of seeing Ovechkin there in the skills competition and, and seeing kind of just just that whole experience. And I mean, part of what makes it great is is just the atmosphere and you know all fans from all around the league, but it's also seeing kind of the greatest talents. And uh, it's just kind of disappointing that there's kind of like this trend right now in, in the NHL for kind of these guys to to not go and I, and and I don't know if it's because the NHL is is just not doing enough to make it enjoyable for the players. I don't know if the season's too long. I mean, we we kind of I, I thought one of like the things that the NHL did to try to make it easier for players maybe not to go to the All-Star game but just the season as a whole was kind of when they did the bye weeks, right? We had these we've had these bye weeks where teams don't have any games for for a week and um you know, that's not like all the time, but it, it, it's certainly been, you know, important to kind of get these guys there because it, it means a lot to the fans. And, and it's 
it meant a lot to me personally. And I imagine to other people that were are kind of, you know, in their teens or, you know, kids that to kind of go to these, these, these big events and, you know, have a, have a great time and watch their, their favorite players. And, um, you know, you imagine people travel a long way and they don't really want to be seeing, you know, Jay Beagle, not that he's going to be an all-star or a guy like that. They want to see Alex Ovechkin. They want to see Sidney Crosby. They want to see, you know, Steven Stamkos. They want to see all these guys that are the big names. And um, when these guys just decide to take the rest, I, I, I get it. But I mean, the, the all-star game still, still draws eyeballs and you always want your league's best, the league's best talent to be getting eyes. It's good for the league and it's, and it's great for the fans. So I'm always a bit disappointed when the guys don't go, even though it's well within their rights not to do so. I don't know, well, uh, Kevin. Oh, uh, just, yeah. <laughs> just Jay Beagle's just trying to mind his own business in Vancouver. <laughs> Leave Jay you Beagle know, I, out of this, I think. Yeah. You, you know, I, I would have been fine seeing Jay Beagle, but, you know, John Scott would have been fine too. I'm trying to think who I really like. Sean Avery would really bother me. That's a guy. Do, do, you, do you want Dale Hunter coaching this team too? What, what, why would why would I want to see Dale Hunter coach anything? If I want to like watch Dale Hunter coach a team, I'll just watch someone flip a coin ten times. <laughs> oh. right. So that, that. do yourself a disservice by pretending that's not what we're all doing anyway. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to welcome to NHL hockey in the twenty uh, first century, where uh, it feels like what your best team I think right now is like a fifty five percent favorite. So uh, yeah, I think I think my biggest question sometimes as a as a hockey fan and analyst is uh, well, you know, like on any given night, Ottawa could beat you know the could beat the Bruins, and so what are we even doing here, right? You know, but uh, yeah, you know, uh, I don't know, Kevin, do you have any particularly strong All Star game takes? No, no, I, I'm <laughs> gonna let you down on that front. I mean, of course, I would love to see Ovi suit up and, and be in the skills competition. And I wonder if he and Carlson were there and they're the last two winners of the hardest shot contest. Would that mean we would have had two Caps representatives in that contest going head to head, which would have been awesome. Yeah, um, would have been cool. I love it when Ovi when gets sort of in front, like uh, some national airtime in a less formal setting like that. And his, his personality shines through and, and everybody loves him. Uh, but at the same time, like, yeah, he's, he's what, 34, 15th season. And I don't mind a guy like that. Who's still, you know, your, your premier, the league's premier goal scorer, um, getting, getting a week off and getting some fresh legs. I honestly, the thing, that bothers me the most is that as a a fan of Ovechkin through his entire career, one of the things that I always do is root really hard for him in the Rocket Richard race. I want him to to really stockpile those trophies, um, which he's already done, but you're always rooting for more as long as they're playing and competing for that. And he's often in really, really close races at the end of the year where that one game can make a difference. I want to say last year it came down to – Leon Dreisaitl with his team feeding him the puck uh, just relentlessly in that game, I think missed an open net at the end of the game yes, by a few feet and Ovechkin won the title. Right. And so it's like one game can make a difference in something like that. And so the, the one game suspension is always a little tough to swallow. Uh, but in terms of, you know, his participation in the event itself and, and having a, a strong opinion about his decision to take that week to, um, what I imagine will be a quiet week at home with the baby. Not a baby anymore, but the the kiddo. Um, yeah, I, that's fine with me. Yeah. 
Um, I, well, Kevin, I feel like you had a good question too, which is, uh, who do we think is the more deserving all-star? Uh, underachieving goalie Braden Holpe, which we've elaborated on recently, or Todd Reardon, a guy who I think we have all said uh, we still don't know if he's a good coach or not. So uh, I don't know. Uh, Adam, back to you. Who do you think is the more deserving all-star since it was your question? Uh, I, I think I'd go with Todd. You know, uh, Holpe, it's not often you see a you know a 900 goaltender and just go, yep, that's a guy I think should, <laughs> should really should, should be an all-star. I mean, I hope he's got a lot of wins. Um, but you know, that, that, that's how they decide what coaches are going to make it. I, I didn't think that's also how they decide the goalies, but, um, you know, you, you, you think maybe you can make a case that the Islanders could have two guys there, right? I mean, those are guys, both of their guys have got great save percentages, but I'm remembering that correctly. And, um, yeah, you know, you want to see guys represented, I, you know, it, it's nice with the Capitals got Hopi in there. Um, Hopi always does a, you know, great things for the community as a whole. He's a good guy to have as a face of the league and a face of the organization, um, you know, while he's still with the team. But uh, his play has certainly certainly not been worthwhile uh, of that not in my, in my opinion. Um, what about you, Kevin? Yeah, I mean, if we're comparing the two of them, I think Reardon, just by dint of, I think, wins is sort of an okay proxy for a coach um, at this it's gotta point. It's got to be the proxy, right, right? you know? <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, you know, there's some other ways you could look at it. You know, how much are you getting out of um, a, a team with a lesser roster, for instance? I mean, I think sure. just even inside the division, look at what Barry Trotz has done with his roster. Look at what Mike Sullivan has done yeah. with his absolutely depleted roster. I mean, both of those guys, I think, would be more deserving in a sense. Um, but, like, it's the all-star game. We don't have to think too hard about it. <laughs> About it, they want to say, "Hey, the coach who got the team the most wins gets the privilege of 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 coming behind the bench and um, having a fun weekend and all of that stuff." Uh, uh, a feather in the cap, that's fine with me. Um, you know, with Reardon, it's always going to come down to let's see him out coach another guy over the course of seven games. Um, but if he wants to, or excuse me, if the league wants to um, say that he's the guy who, who ought to be leading the Metro Division, well. He's the coach of the team at the head of that division. I'm fine with uh, not necessarily analyzing that logic too closely. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's right. You know, I think it's it's fine, right? I mean, this is the head coach of the All Star Game. Like, I think the amount of people that really care about who the head coach in the All Star Game is is probably. Uh, Basically, just only the NHL media, and I think even then we probably don't care too much, right? So, you know, I think it's one of those things that, you know, it's a possible topic for debate, but I feel like, you know, it's it's not like, you know, it's any kind of, it's not like a Jack Adams-like award, right? You know, where, like, that actually matters. You know, I mean, this is just kind of a throwaway thing. So, uh, that being said, um, I, let's see, um, we, uh, Going to kind of transition to our final segment here, which is the uh, Road Ahead, uh, a segment that still needs a better name. So if you have a better name for it, please talk to me on Twitter. Um, but uh, the Road Ahead right now is, uh, as we're recording on Monday night, the Capitals are going to be playing uh, Ottawa at home on Tuesday. Uh, they're going to be at Philly on Wednesday, uh, Devils at home on Saturday, and Canes at home on, on Monday. So uh, I don't know. It seems like a pretty doable slate here. Any uh, games that particularly perk either of your guys' interests? Well, I would say uh, as of right now, according to 
Micah McCurdy's playoff projections. The Caps' most likely first-round opponent is the Philadelphia Flyers. And we're sort of getting into the to the time of year where, uh, I, I can't speak for you guys, but it's around now when I start paying attention to that and, and how those probabilities are beginning to round out. Um, paying a little bit more attention to how we're faring. When I say we, I mean the Washington Capitals. Um, <laughs> in those matchups right and so so checking out the the flyers will be interesting i think it's is it only the second that the caps have seen them this year yes uh, I think i'm so. not sure and and yeah you know what you know what i would like to see is ottawa new jersey two bad teams i'd like to see them put together a couple of convincing wins against them as well that would be nice because it's been a while yeah yeah agreed i mean i feel like the last like really convincing i mean because i mean we took we look particularly at you know i mean yeah the capitals came back against san jose but san jose is not a good team and they didn't really look particularly good i think on sunday either you know it's just like you'd like to see the capitals kind of piece it together against the against some bad teams and uh really rack up some points to kind of make this division uh look pretty uh pretty solid for them yeah uh i don't know adam any particular thoughts on the on the slate upcoming Nope. I mean, I think the Capitals have a very winnable, uh, winnable schedule here, kind of as, as Kevin alluded to, heading into, and they do still call yeah, their, I mean, bye week, their their bye week the nineteenth through yep. the twentieth. Yeah, it, it'd be nice to see the uh, the top line feast feast on points against some of these weaker opponents and 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 get right a little bit. Get that Richard for Ovechkin. Hey, Amen. Uh, that's what I'm always rooting for. Yeah. Yeah. It's still incredible at. Uh, Age, I think, 34, right, that Alex Ovechkin is still right in the Rocket Richard race. I think that, you know, that is, uh, I don't know the next time we're going to see a guy at that age really kind of keep making runs for it. So it's uh, just definitely try to appreciate that while you can. Um, so uh, with that, uh, we're going to conclude another episode of Japers Rank Radio. Um, I don't know, uh, Kevin, Adam, uh, I guess we'll go in order with uh, Kevin first. Uh, plug some stuff. Where can people find your stuff? Uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at, at sick unbelievable spelled without an e. I'm sure you'll be able to navigate the search function to find me um, and find the stuff I publish on JaspersRink.com. There you go, uh, Adam. Where can people find your stuff and you? Uh, the, well, they can. <laughs> can they find? <laughs> well, uh, well, they they can usually uh, find my stuff on on, on Twitter at stringham a. Um, you know, when I do occasionally write, which is pretty occasional these days, it is on Japers Rink. Um, but but usually you just hear me right here on Japers Rink Radio. There you go. There you go. And uh, you can find me at uh, Greg Y underscore JR uh, on Twitter. And uh, you can also occasionally find my, my musings on Japers Rink. Uh, I feel like... Uh, I always, you know, feel like I should probably write a little more than I do, but, you know, it's work and stuff like that. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, if you enjoy the show, uh, follow us on Twitter at Japers Rank Radio. Uh, I, uh, there's a mysterious person who is in charge of that Twitter, and, uh, you know, uh, we'll uh, let him uh, or her decide, uh, you know, like, uh, I think it's a worthy follow. And then uh, you can um, also uh, rate the show on iTunes, you know, rate, write, subscribe, do all that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, just uh, stick with us. Uh, we got some big shows coming up. Um, I know that uh, we're probably scheduled to have Luke on next week. And then the week after, we're uh, excited to announce um, that I'm going to be have, uh, joined by Dimitri Um 
Popovich. So uh, that's a couple of exciting shows for uh, you to kind of, you know, keep up on. So, uh, you know, uh, stay tuned and uh, see you next time.